once you know who God is, maybe you reject it for a while, but but you know when you when you come to a saving faith, that's it. It's a gift. Not just grace is the gift, but your faith is a gift. What happens to those who never get the opportunity to hear the gospel? What happens to the unborn? And what about those who are intellectually or cognitively incapable of understanding the gospel? Do any of these people make it into heaven? Welcome to Talk Truth, a McGregor podcast where we dive into scripture, gain insight from community, and biblically answer life questions. Talk Truth will answer life questions submitted by our listeners every other week. If you have a question for Talk Truth, you can submit your questions on our website. I'm your host, Chloe Styling. Let's open the word, gather together, and talk some truth. We are back. Season three of Talk Truth has finally come. And I am so glad to have on this first episode, one of our elders here at NBC, Mr. Mike Witt. He has been serving in the youth for about four years, you said, with your wife, Carla. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be having a great conversation today about um, some tough questions of, of people who do they make it into heaven if they haven't heard the gospel or if they can't understand the gospel? So we had a conversation about this a couple months ago, and I think that our listeners are really going to benefit from us, from, from this, not from us, but from this conversation, excuse me. But I remember you saying that, like what brought about this conversation. Um, and a couple months back when we did talk about this question, you brought up what your heart was behind it. So you can go ahead and share a little bit about that. Oh, that's great. Uh, and Chloe, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to be here and, and, and talk to you and share on this topic. So um, yeah, my wife and I work with the 11th graders and 12th graders in the student ministry. And one of the things that we do is about every month or so, uh, we have the students come to one of the leaders' houses and we have a Bible study. And we take really tough topics like questions that the youth are thinking about, struggling with theologically or scripturally. And one of the questions that they raise to us is, is just this topic. If somebody never hears the gospel of Jesus Christ, are they going to go to heaven mm-hmm. or are they condemned to go to hell? And it's kind of a tough question. It's a very tough question. And I, I work with youth too, and it's one that I get... Every single year, every couple months, even somebody will ask that question. So I'm glad that we'll be answering it because there's, I'm sure a lot of people out there who might not know the answer, or even if you do know the answer, this is still something good to listen to because it could help you gain an apologetic for when somebody does ask you that question in the future. So let's start with those who don't hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. What's the point of the great commission? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You kind of hear that. Uh, you hear that argument made. Well, wait. If if they never hear the gospel, then maybe it's better just don't take the gospel to them. Yeah. Maybe they'll have you know a chance of being saved. That's not what the scripture teaches. So the point of the great commission, if you will, in Matthew twenty eight nineteen and twenty, is just that we are called to be ambassadors for Christ. And it is up to us to deliver that that saving news, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We're going to talk about 
general revelation of God and specific uh, revelation, uh, or sometimes it's called special revelation, and that's one, the, the, the scripture of God and, and hearing the gospel directly and hearing you know, what Christ did and how people can be saved. So we can't shy away from that. That's what we're called to do. Yeah. What is general revelation? Um, general revelation, we're, we're, we're going to cover scripture out of Romans 1, um, and, and that's basically um, what it's talking about is, is that God, through his creation, when mankind is here on, on earth, when you see the mountains, when you see the, you know, the prairies, you see the ocean, the sunrise, sunset, mm-hmm. all of it, all of creation, God puts it in your heart that there is a creator. And you either, in your heart, you accept that truth and you pursue that truth and you pursue God, or you reject it. And as Romans 1 talks about, you suppress the truth. So, and, 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 and it talks about God giving us a conscience. Every human has a conscience to know good from evil, right from wrong, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's that, it's that general revelation of God as God created mankind that he put that on our hearts. Yeah. And special revelation. Um, uh, special revelation. <laughs> um, in this context that we're going to talk about today is, is the Word of God is more of a specific um, special revelation. The, the verbal, if you will, Word of God, the Scriptures. Um, now, that has also... Um, I don't know that it's morphed, but but it also has another meaning um, dealing with ongoing, purported, anyway, prophetic revelation of God, that God is still revealing himself um, and still revealing new truths to people, mm-hmm. um, which I reject and, and you know I don't believe that that's what the scripture teaches. Yeah. I mean, scripture is sufficient and yes. it says every single thing that we need to know about God. Yes. We don't need anything extra. Um, let's go ahead and look at Romans 1, since you brought that up. Um, yeah, yeah. Romans 1, um, 18 through 20 in particular, or, um, you know, 18 through through 23. Um, and, you know, let's... Let, kind of framing the question that, that um, you know, that we, that we hear is, you know, it's... This would be unfair. God is unfair if you never hear the gospel uh, for him to send you to hell, mm-hmm. right? And everybody wants to say there's somebody in a deep, dark jungle someplace or you know whatever, and they don't hear the gospel. And how could a fair God send them to you know to hell? Well, I think if you look at the scriptures, um, you know that's that's exactly what it says. Um, so. Romans 1, 18 through 20 specifically talks about this, this general revelation. And if you want to follow up and have a really good um, read and, and, and try to understand a little bit better, read Psalm 19. Um, you know, David writes this, uh, this psalm, and, and he talks in the first half about um, kind of the general revelation and, and God's world. Um, and, and what he reveals through his creation. And then in the second half of Psalm 19, he talks about the more specific or special revelation, which is God's word, God's laws, God's statutes, God's commands. Um, so here in, in Romans 1, this is what takes away the excuse of the sinful world um, as to why they're going to be condemned and not saved. And it says that God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men 
who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So <clears throat> that's very, very powerful to take that away. God has shown mankind um, his attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature from the beginning of time. Uh, and it's shown through his creation so that man is without excuse. Yeah. So, And if God is holy, then he cannot have a relationship with unholiness, mm-hmm. right? Which is mm-hmm. the whole purpose of Jesus coming and being our mediator, being that 100% man and 100% God to stand between us so that when God looks at us, he doesn't see our unholiness, he sees Christ. So if somebody has not accepted that truth, then what's the point of him coming in the first place? Yeah, very, very true. You know, it's it's a skewed, it's a skewed view, I think. You know, as, as we talk about this, um, as Christians... You and I are going to talk about the truth of what Scripture says, but you have to think about how this question is coming at you from the culture of this time, right? From a sinful world, from a world that wants to say there is no such thing as truth. Mm-hmm. You know, from a world that is is rejecting God, from a world that says God is unfair, God is unjust. So they have kind of an inflated view of themselves and a deflated view of God. They see they they try to put God in a box. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so conceptually, I think what we what you have to understand is. Um, Man is born into sin, right? From the fall in Genesis 3, when Adam transgressed, um, that's it. And from then on, mankind is conceived in sin and born in sin, and we live in sin. Um, And it's only by God's grace that we're pulled out of that. Um, So, you know, the, the, the passage here in Romans 1 takes away that argument for people to say, well, I never heard the gospel. I didn't reject Christ. I didn't hear the gospel. So I get out of hell free, right? I get that get out of hell free card. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing. Um, I was talking to a friend and, 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 you know, kind of conceptually trying to understand this and get like a word picture of we're born in sin, you're bound for hell, okay? But for God's grace. Um, and, and, and he used this analogy of you've got a pilot in a plane, you have two guys in the plane, the plane catches fire, it's going down, and the pilot says, I'm going to go down with the plane, I've got one parachute. Hmm. And he gives the parachute to one guy, he bails out, deploys the parachute, he's saved. The other passenger in the plane, he doesn't get out, he has no parachute, he goes down, he burns, Right. The, when, when the coroner states the cause of death for the guy that was still on the plane, he's not going to list failure to have a parachute as the cause of death. And it's like that with mankind. You know, the cause of death is sin. That's it. The wages of sin is death. That's what brings death, you know, into the world. Uh, because right in, in, in Eden, in Genesis 1 and 2, everything was perfect. Then he had sin enter the world, and here comes death. So that's kind of the default. Um, you and I, when we spoke about this a little earlier, I shared with you a little word picture that I use um, um, kind of to explain this. 
And I said, you know, man, man is when you're born, you're born alive naturally, physically, naturally. But because of Adam's sin, we're born um, dead spiritually. Paul makes that very clear, mm-hmm. right? Um, and 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 in Ephesians too. So, you know, it's kind of like we're we're just spiritually we're just dead fish and we're floating downstream with all the other dead fish. The only thing that changes that is God's grace, which kind of plucks us up out of the river and brings us life. Um, and is it unfair? A lot of people talk about this, you know, election, the doctrine of election. Some are saved, some aren't. It's unfair. Why isn't the whole world saved? If it was a, you know, a holy God and a fair God, everybody would go to heaven. That's not the way God created His creation. It's not the way He created this world. Um, and he, he knows before the foundations of the universe, those that, he are going to, that he's going to call to be saved, right? Back to Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to get out there and evangelize and share the good news. Um, so, you know, those are kind of those are kind of word you know word pictures to you know to help understand the default position is death. Yeah. The default position is absent God's grace. Um, you know that we get by the work of Christ on the cross. Absent that, we're all just bound to go to the lake of fire. Yeah. And the typical follow up question <laughs> then is, well, what about those? If we're all born in sin, what about the unborn? You mm-hmm. know, or what about? Mm-hmm. Um, Children that that are are incapable of hear or incapable of understanding the gospel, even if they grew up around hearing it, um, or in the process of growing up around it, um, and that kind of goes along with the intellectually or cognitively disabled. How do they understand the gospel? If they, I mean, even if it's even if it's told to them. You know, so there's a, there's a couple different things that, um, we've talked about before together, but Mm -hmm. one thing that I, um, personally had a conversation with you about actually this afternoon, um, was the God of Molech. Now, um, he was a pagan God in the old, he's mentioned several times throughout the Bible. Um, he was a pagan God that accepted child sacrifices from from people and the Israelites followed suit to the nations around them when mm-hmm. they were going through rough times in their relationship with God as they and we typically tend to do, right? Um, but in Jeremiah, um, we see Jeremiah speak on behalf of the Lord as he is a prophet. And he says that they are innocent, that the, the children that the Israelites have offered up as a sacrifice to that God, they're, the people are going to be judged before God for what they have done to their child because they have took an innocent life. And so my question for you is how could a child be born in sin, but at the same time we see in the Bible that their life is named innocent? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's kind of a good, a good um, tag on discussion, you know, to this, which, which, mm-hmm. you know, the first question is, why are lost people bound for hell? And what if you don't hear the gospel? But, you know, as you move past that, you know, and then people say, well, what about, what about babies that die? Yeah. 
You know, if you're saying that mankind is born into sin, what about babies that die? What what about people that have these, you know, intellectual disabilities? Um, you know, if if they've got sin, and you're saying God is so holy and just and demands it, they're gonna, then then they're going to go to hell. That's not what Scripture teaches. Mm-hmm. You know, praise, yeah, praise God. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's the it's the same scriptures basically. Um, you know that that that. What, what we look at in Romans, and, and we'll talk here in a second about Ephesians and, and, and Colossians, what condemns man is what gives us this, this um, insight that God is not going to condemn children and those that, that just don't have a recognition for who God is. Um, so... <clears throat> Um, let's 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 talk first. You know, I, I don't think that it's an age thing. Some sometimes you'll hear people talk about that and say, "What if it's a young child?" What you know, this you've heard age of accountability. Mm-hmm. I, I, you're not going to find that anywhere in Scripture. Okay, no nowhere does it talk about an age of accountability. You know, was that five? Is it six? Is, and is every it child eight? is different. Everybody's different. Now that I've I've started serving um, on, on the elder body, and you do interviews with people, you find people that have come to faith in Christ as an adult, sometimes like you know later in life, you have people that come to faith in Christ when they're very young. Uh, you know, some people, I mean, it's like, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight years old. So it's basically across the board. They say, you know, I, I came to this understanding that, that I'm a sinful person and that I need God. That kind of goes back to this Revelation 1, 18, right? God has put that within you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's fine. Some people say, oh my gosh, like, you know, somebody came to faith in Christ at four or five years old. I can see that that can happen. Everybody's different. Um, so I don't think that there's an age of accountability that comes into play. Um, but as as you look at Romans 1, 18 and 20, and then I want to touch on a couple of other scriptures, um, you know, if you if you read it, 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 it talks about the wrath of God and and what's the wrath of God coming against. It says it's revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. You've got verbs there. You've got action words there that by their unrighteousness they're doing something. They're suppressing the truth. If you have an unborn baby, if you have a very very young child and you have or, or or a child who has not come to the point where they understand this general revelation of who God is he's put it within them for them to know that um, or maybe somebody who has a disability where they they simply um, cognitively cannot understand that um, it says in verse 19 what can be known about God is plain to them well it's not plain to them and, and it says in verse 20, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, divine nature have been made clearly perceived. Um, not to them, right? They, they haven't clearly perceived this. Um, and then I think it's important, the, the, the last phrase there in, in verse 20, some translations will say, so they're without excuse. Others will say, therefore, they're without excuse. So that's an important word. Mm-hmm. When you read it all and you take it all, and then it says, therefore, they're without excuse. Well, 
if they don't understand his eternal power and divine nature, if it hasn't been shown to them, if it hasn't been uh, clearly revealed to them, if they're not suppressing the truth or kind of acting in ungodliness, then it doesn't apply, mm-hmm. right? So where it says in verse 20, they are without excuse, I think it would be fair to say then um, they would have an excuse. Um, so, and, and let me let me share um, Ephesians 5, um, um, 5 and 6 and Colossians 3, verses 5 and 6. Very, very similar passage. Um, and, and these talk about um, the wrath of God. Both of them, just like Romans 1, talk about the wrath of God um, coming. And what's it coming on? Who's it coming to? Um, everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, um, they're the ones that the wrath of God is going to come upon, and, and it calls them sons of disobedience. That's in Ephesians 5. Colossians 3 um, talks about putting to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these the wrath of God is coming. Again, it's talking about this sinful conduct. When you've got a, you know, uh, an eight-month-old or a two-month-old and a three-month-old, yes, they have sin. Yes, they were born with sin, but they're not engaged in this type of, of conduct, okay? And again, back to Romans 1, they're not going to understand, um, you know, the nature, the nature of God. So that brings up a question. Um, you have to logically follow it through, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, they're born with sin, and they're sinful creatures. Um, God's wrath is not coming onto them. We see that under um, Romans one verse twenty. Okay, they would have an excuse, but how are they saved? How are they saved then? Um, I think the answer, to, at least to me, is pretty straightforward. When you came to faith in Christ, Chloe, how were you saved? I was five years old. I was also very young. (laughs) And I was saved through grace. That's it. That's it. Whether you're five, whether you're 12, whether you're 62, you're saved by grace, right? Now... Look, if you if you look at Ephesians two, and it's one of the things that I had referenced um, earlier about you know Paul saying we're all dead in our trespasses and sins. If you read on, verse five says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, um, God made us alive together with Christ, and He says, by grace you have been saved. And then verse eight that we all know, right? You know Ephesians two eight, by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. So salvation of these innocents, um, salvation of these that have an excuse, um, according to Scripture, they're saved by grace. They're not saved by grace through faith. Um, Once you know who God is. Maybe you reject it for a while, but but you know when you when you come to a saving faith, that's it. It's a gift. Not just grace is the gift, but your faith is a gift. Mm. So these these that we're talking about, the cognitively disabled, the you know the young the young children, um, the atoning blood of Christ, Christ's sacrifice on the cross, covers their sin just like it covers our sin. 
Um, so they're not old enough to to have come to that um, faith, that saving faith through grace, but God's grace will cover them. Um, Jesus blessed the children in Matthew. There's a couple of, of you know passages there where you know Jesus um, you know has the children come to him and 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 talks about them specially, and basically talks about them so lovingly and blesses those you know those those small children. Um, you know, um, the other passage that 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 comes to mind to me is just in John. I think it's John fourteen. Uh, forget the verse, but it's the um, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." Yeah. Fourteen six. Um, I'm the way. I was just teaching the kids in in um, um, the student ministry last week about truth, and I said you could almost put in parens. I am the paren only way. I am the paren. Only truth. I am the paren only life. That's how they're saved. So it's Christ's work on the cross, right? His blood will cover their sins like ours. He is life. That's how those kids get eternal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they may not have the ability to have faith at that moment mm-hmm. to, to comprehend, but it's like a different instrument that God uses. Or even just their passing, but they're saved through grace at the same time or saved by grace. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a gift. It's, it's a, a gift. Yeah, it's they, a gift. It, God's grace will save them. Now, let me point out, you and I were chatting before and I said, you know, um, no, scripture is not, it's not absolutely crystal clear on the salvation of children and salvation of those that, that have, you know, these type of, you know, disabilities where they can't understand. But I think, you and I haven't covered all of them, but we've covered a number of of these passages that I think really provide a strong foundation and a strong understanding of of the truth of that and what Scripture tells us. I would challenge somebody other than which we've covered, other than hey, they're born with sin, um, you know, so that's it; they're going to go to hell. The Bible nowhere says that, you know, children that are born in sin, um, you know, that that don't hear the gospel and are saved by faith, actual faith in in, in Jesus Christ are bound for hell. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I think that's important. And, and um, you know, after, after you and I talked, it brought a verse to mind. I, I went and I looked it up and it's it's Romans 11.33. Um and, and it basically says here, I, I printed out um, uh, the verse so I could read it. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how unfathomable his ways. Mm. And isn't that the truth? So, you know, we, 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 we talk about these things, but you know what? We're never going to totally, truly understand all of God's truth. Um, you know, I look forward to the day when we will. I look forward to the day when we're in His presence. But for now, um, I, I I want those that may see this. I want those that maybe lost a child um, to have solace, not from what Mike Witt says or you know Chloe says, um, but to know what the Bible says and to know the truth of Scripture 
um, and what it says about their child that maybe they lost um, or a child that they have that's developmentally disabled, cognitively disabled, that, you know, that they worry, how's, how's my child ever going to make it to heaven? They're, they're 14 or they're 32 now. Um, you know, that's, that's got to be just a, a difficult burden to have, you know, and, and I, I want them to take solace in the word of God and just, and just know he loved that child. He loves your child, um, you know, that may have these disabilities and, and they will be with him. Yeah, I completely agree. Another thing that also gives me hope is that, I mean, you read all throughout scripture, every, t- every tribe, tongue, nation, being in heaven, and we're all just going to be worshiping the Lord. And at the same time, we see all these unreached people groups kind of that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, well, in, in the depths of the jungle or yeah. even um, I heard one of our missionaries during GIC week say that there are just so many kids just roaming the streets in, in uh, Zambia for the mission, the mission uh, workers that we serve there or that we um, support. support. That's the word mm-hmm. I'm looking for, that we support there. And I was really comforted doing the study, just thinking about that. Um, I want to read Revelation 7, 9. The apostle John recounts the sight that he beheld in heaven. And he says, after this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne, before the lamb clothed in white robes. And the gospel just, it hasn't gone to every tongue, tribe and nation. It hasn't reached every even child that even would be able to comprehend. Um, But I read a a quote by Pastor John MacArthur, and he says that through this non-Christian third world and false religion environments produce people for heaven. I agree with him as he goes on to say, I think God has been gathering little ones from every tongue and tribe and nation throughout the world, throughout all of human history. Mm -hmm. And that just, I don't know, it makes me want to cry (laughs) because for God to condemn those children would just be so out of character for him, you know, and he makes himself so known in scripture Mm -hmm. and he is just the most gracious God that yes. that wants to wants to save his people, you know, and, and there would be no purpose of him to come down here and 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 save and and die for our sins, whether those children or the people who are in, unable to comprehend it would accept would be able to accept <clears throat> him or not. Mm-hmm. That's what he died for. They are who he died for. He died for you and me, even though we are able to comprehend, you know, thank God he's given us the gift of faith that, that gives us the ability to understand. Um, you know, God is holy. God is righteous. God is just, God is love, you know, and we need to always remember that and, and, and never forget the attributes of who God is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's a difference between fairness and just, um, you know, God is perfect in his holiness. He's perfect in his love, right? He's perfect in his righteousness. What mankind sees as unfair, God has a plan for. It's, it's, it's in his purpose and plan. If you want to know unfair, 
and, and I've shared this with people before who've asked this question and raised this with me. If you want to know unfair, how unfair to ask his son to step down from the throne and to be born as a baby and come here, who knew no sin, who became sin for us, right? Was tortured, suffered, died on a cross for us. That's unfair. So, you know, God, however, is just. He is holy. He has his purpose. He has his plan. And it's by the obedience of his son that we can be saved. Mm -hmm. So, and without it, we don't have a prayer. So it's through that unfairness, praise God, that we have a plan of salvation. That's the question that people don't really, they don't ask the right question when it comes to this whole topic. You know, it's not why aren't, you know, all people, you know, why isn't everybody saved? It's why is anybody saved at all? Yeah. Why, you know, why, why did God come up with his plan to sacrifice his own son to save us? You know, sinful creatures that had fallen um, basically at the beginning of time here in this universe. Yeah, amen. We all deserve hell. And if we have the opportunity to go to heaven, it's because God is a gracious God. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today on Talk Truth. Um, I really benefited from studying to prepare for this episode. And um, I, I'm sure that there are there's even one listener out there who will benefit from it as well. I would also like to shout out the team that um, helps out with this show. I would like to shout out, there's so many different people that help. I know it's, it only seems like me behind the camera, but I promise you we have a team of like six people who work on um, the content creating and producing and social media workers. Um, you guys are amazing. And this is such a fun ministry to work with you in. To our listeners, thank you so much for spending your time with us. If you haven't yet connected with us online, please check out our other McGregor podcast channels. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Just head over to talktruthpodcast.com for all the details. We would love to hear from you. Mike, thank you so much again. You're welcome. Um, Good to be here. Yeah, it's been great. Have a great day. Write us a review however you're listening to this and remember to talk truth.